And welcome everyone to episode 69 of the weekly Yes And podcast. I am your host, Travis Thomas, and the creator of Live Yes And. And uh, excited, so excited today about my interview with Masaki Matsumoto. He is a football coach up in Seattle, Washington, a high school football coach. And um, he was featured uh, about two years ago on E60. E60 is a uh, kind of a sports show for ESPN where they go out and they they do really great um, uh, stories on, on players, on coaches that obviously all revolve around sports but are inspirational in nature. And uh, I was cleaning the house a few months ago and they happened to show his story again and I stopped what I was doing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what an amazing story. Uh, and in essence, he was coaching uh, a high school football team in Los Angeles a few years ago uh, for kids that come from really rough backgrounds, um, inner city uh, Los Angeles. And uh, in the midst of them having the best season that uh, that uh, the school had ever had, he had, over the summer, had all of the parents write a letter to their child about why they loved them. And a lot of these kids had never even heard their parents say, I love you. And he had them write letters to their kids about why they loved them. And then he gathered all the letters, had all the boys read them after one practice. And it was just an emotional, moving moment for the team. And to which he says, that's the moment where they started playing for each other. Uh, so that is what we're going to talk about, among other things, in today's podcast. But um, Masaki is is such a humble guy; you'll hear it in his voice. But uh, he is now in Seattle, where he was uh, where he was raised, and coaching high school football up there. And so we talk about his journey as a coach, his childhood, and then uh, how he coaches as a coach, and if all coaches out there had this basis, had this foundation, had this purpose, uh, we would be uh, much more <laughs> appreciative of sports and the impact it can have on lives. And so uh, this is one of my favorite interviews. Um, this is what living yes and is all about. Masaki uh, embodies a yes and mindset, creating a yes and culture with his team. So I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I do. So enjoy episode 69 with Masaki Matsumoto here on the Weekly Yap. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good. Well, uh, and again, I know in the intro I, I talked a lot about uh, your story on ESPN, and and I do want to get to that because it's it's such it's such an amazing and inspiring story. But I want to get to that. But for everyone who's listening to the podcast right now, uh, give us a sense of of sort of where you are right now, and, and and what are you doing? Are you are you still coaching football? Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, uh, it was actually after that season that um that was aired on espn i exited a job in uh tacoma washington at lincoln high school um about 40 minutes from where i grew up in seattle and okay. so I'm, I'm 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 currently uh teaching weightlifting here and then um, i'm the head football coach here okay fantastic and so it's, it's kind of like you've come you've, you've been able to come home Yes, sir. Yeah, that was the main reason. Um, wanted to be closer to my mom as she got older, and so I made that decision. Um, but I didn't want to, you know, take just some random, uh, you know, teaching, coaching job because we had a great thing going at Bernstein. Um, but when I um, saw that Lincoln had opened because of the former coach leaving, um, who was John Kitna, the former NFL player, um, he had built this program up a little bit, and um, 
you know, he was leaving to Texas. And so I thought it was a great program to take over. Um, still, you know, inner city kids and still um, able to do what I, I you know, I, I was called to do, I feel like. And, um, and obviously brought me closer to um, my mom. So um, it was, it was, a, it was a good, it was a good fit and good move. Excellent. Great. Well, uh, I, I want to get into just a little bit of your story, which I, which I think is very interesting as well. And now, now you were born in Japan, uh, but moved to Seattle at the at the age of seven. So, when you when you look back and think back on your childhood uh, a little bit, what sort of stands out to you about that transition? Uh, I think it was, um, you know, looking back at it, I think it was, you know, pretty difficult. Um, at, at, you know, at that age, you you don't even realize it, but um, you know, it was it was pretty difficult. The language barrier, and you know, just trying to fit in and um you know it was just my mom and i and uh, my whole entire family stayed in japan and so um you know it, it, it definitely wasn't easy but um you know i i'm sure we'll get into it a little later but that's why sports has been a huge uh you know uh thing in my life because um it's what it's it's what kind of connected me with other kids you know during recess i was a pretty decent athlete so um i was kind of able to connect through that and then joining sports teams and then the coaches I had, um, you know, um, it, it, it definitely helped that transition and, and me growing up in a foreign country. And so, um, that's kind of what I look back and think about. And how did you get introduced, uh, to football for the first time and, and, and what was sort of your, your first attraction to it? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, my, my, family friends uh they're an older couple they always remind me about it when i see them um they were babysitting me because my mom was going to uh, f- uh school at that time and um they were babysitting me i was like seven like you know just um just got here and uh their son had played football at king's high school which is the school i ended up attending um and they had uh, game film of it and uh so they just put it on for me to you know and just kind of so they can kind of i guess um you know do their stuff around the house and so i could <laughs> be occupied you know um and then i guess they, they i don't remember it really um but they said that i was just super intrigued i was glued to the tv and um i couldn't really speak english you know that much but they said you know i kept saying football football <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so um i, I you know from there uh, i started watching nfl and then um my mom wouldn't let me play at first and so um she said you know hey you gotta play soccer for a year before you play football so i played soccer and then um she finally let me play football i think when i was like eight or nine Okay, and so you you were even breaking down yeah. game film by the age of seven. It started. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I probably wasn't doing a great job though. <laughs> <laughs> how long how long did it take before uh, before football just became a real passion for you? Uh, I think middle school. Um, so you know, my my high school was a K through twelve school. It's it's because it's a private school, and um, I had just moved to that school when I was in seventh grade. And again, um, you know, I, I didn't. I had a difficult time fitting in. One because I didn't want to be there um, because I had my, you know, I left a lot of my public school friends, and you know, because it was my mom's 
choice to put me in the school mm-hmm. and so I, I was kind of bitter and you know I didn't you know I didn't want to I, I, I was kind of like that oh I'm too cool guy um, so I, I had a hard time fitting in at first but then football um, you know it, it again it brought all of us together and I started making friends and then I just became really passionate about the game of football and what it did for me and you know how it just it com- creates community and um, and then the coaches who were role models to me because I didn't have a father so it's just all those things um again I, maybe i didn't even realize it at that point but um I, I just started really enjoying it and then from middle school on i you know I, I played all the way through college and then started coaching pretty much right away after i graduated from college and so talk about uh, sort of your your introduction into coaching you know what was it for you uh initially which was that draw to to become a coach yourself yeah, you know, um, I, I, I tell this to a lot of our high school kids, um, you know, um, just to kind of give them motivation and inspiration. And, you know, and then when they ask me the same question, um, I, I, I knew I wanted to teach and coach in ninth grade. Um, and again, because of the impact the coaches and teachers had in my life. And so I was like, well, I know I'm becoming a better person because of my coaches and teachers uh they're not just teaching me football they're not just teaching me math they're helping me be a better person through those things and so i knew i wanted to do that for the future generation kids and so um i you know i pretty much knew in ninth grade and you know a lot of people think they they know you know but then it changes but for me it just never changed and you know through college taking these classes and student teaching um it just you know um i just it just kept getting stronger that desire to uh, work with kids especially high school kids um, because I feel like they're you know most impacted at that age um, and so yeah then uh, right after high school or I'm sorry right after college I, I went to San, I moved to San Diego to attend grad school and um, uh, my friend from church approached me and said hey you know um, I know you play college football um, I know you're just in grad school so your classes are at night so would you want to teach at the high school I work at or I'm sorry coach at the high school I worked at work at and so I was like you know what I'm not really doing much during the day um, so let's you know let's do it and I was just a volunteer JV coach yeah. uh, um, you know but um, I got lucky because I ended up at a uh, San Diego powerhouse, uh, Cathedral Catholic High School, and um, you know we. I just I, I was around great coaches, and we won a couple championships there, and um, yeah, that's so that's where my coaching career started, and um, you know so I'm, I'm grateful that I had a great experience when I started because a lot of people start out and they have terrible experience and then they don't coach again, you know, because you 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 don't do it for the money, so if the experience isn't great, you know you. Um, you don't want to do it anymore. So I just fell in love with it then. And I, I, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, well I coach because I can't play anymore. Well, I enjoy coaching way more than I, 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 I enjoy playing, I think. Mm. So that's, that's kind of how my journey to coaching uh, started. And and how long was it before you got the, uh, the head coaching position in Los Angeles? Yes, sir. Uh, So I was at cathedral for a couple of years. And then when I, um, graduated from my grad school I was like okay now you know I gotta get a real job now and make you know get a full-time job and teach well there's nothing in San Diego that um that was really open and so you know I I I knew I still wanted to be in Southern California though so I applied to some schools in LA and um Bernstein which was opening that year um 
you know, we're obviously because it's a new school, they're looking for teachers and coaches. And so I uh, applied to that school and got hired. Um, well, to, from 2008 to 2012, I was an assistant football coach there because um, by the time I came on, they already had a, they already hired a head coach and okay. um, that team. Yeah. And then, and so, but I, but I got the head track job. And so um, I was, um, you know, I started in 2008 at Bernstein as a special ed teacher, and then I was an assistant football coach and the head track coach. Well, four years later, um, after going four and 36, um, they decided to let the coach go. Um, and the principal came up to me and said, hey, you know, you're doing a great job with the track program and you already have a relationship with the football players because you've been an assistant. Uh, would you like to take over the football team? And I jumped on it. And, um, you know, uh, that's so in 2012, I became the head coach. And, uh, you know, first season, we went eight and three, um, went to the playoffs and turned the program around. And then uh, I was there for three years. And then that's when I left. So you were so you were a part of so you were on staff for those those first couple of years where where yes, things sir. where things didn't go great and no. you know <laughs> without you know obviously without throwing the you know the former head coach sort of under the bus of course of um, course what was what would you say you know just from you sort of stepping into that role what was the biggest difference that you feel you brought to the team that that really helped with that shift um, I would say focusing on culture mm -hmm. and focusing on, you know, the philosophy of being, you know, being inside out minded. So, you know, we always focus on the heart and we always focus on their character and we always focus on, you know, their spirit inside because that's what's going to, you know, manifest outside, you know, people focus on the, you know, the physicals part and the physical part and the bench press 40 football, <laughs> you know, strategy. Right. But if you don't have the inside, you know, part, um, all, all that's, uh, all that's not going to work. And so, um, just focusing on the culture, focusing on the player development and the people development, um, you know, because before, um, I took over. It was just all about football, you right? Know? Um, right. So you know, and that's great. But um, again, it, the the other part, you know, has to be first, and then football second, and almost like the football part is going to be the byproduct, right? Of of working on their personal skills and and their social skills and their and their heart, um, and then just organization. I think um, you know it wasn't very organized. Um, when, when I was an assistant and I, you know, people always make fun of me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty type a, <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, I have no choice but to be organized, but you know, in order to run a program, you know, you have to have organization and structure. And so that's what we were able to bring. And so when people talk about, you know, culture, it's, it's, it's one of those words that's thrown around a lot, but then you ask someone, well, how do you develop your culture? And, they don't always have answers for you, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. and so, for, when you when you look at it from from real practical things that, that you wanted to do as a coach to really instill the kind of culture that you're looking for, what were just some of those simple practical things that you focused on? Well, first, it starts with a vision. You have to have a vision for your program, and it has to be more than about football. So, our vision, and it's and and it has to be written out. You know, and because you could, because you have to 
communicated to your coaches and your players and our vision or mission statement or whatever you want to call it is that we use football as a vehicle to help young men become better future workers husbands and fathers Mm -hmm. and so that's our vision and so you know if you don't have that vision then you then you don't know where you're going to go and so you don't know where to start building or what to do so it starts with having a vision and then from that vision um we have core covenants and core values that we believe in that's gonna that, that we believe is gonna help us attain that vision yeah and so our core our, our three core covenants and and players is love accountability and discipline we believe that if we stress these things and if we have these things that we're going to be successful team but more importantly you're going to be successful men and so love to us means you can depend on me accountability means holding each other to high standards and then discipline means um, the future is more important than how you feel at that moment and then our core values the five you know kind of rules that we feel that are going to help you in life and to be dependable is always you always protect the team you respect everyone especially women you're honest you're on time and you don't do drugs or alcohol and so those are the five values that we preach so we constantly preach these messages um, give examples of these messages uh, bring in guest speakers who talk about these things and how these things have helped them and so we just stress 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 and so for you know a simple example for here at Lincoln um, uh, if they fulfill certain requirements in terms of workouts and uh, their grades uh, they get to be in what's called a champions club and and if you're in the champions club you get you know special privileges Mm -hmm. and you know these t-shirts and you get to choose your equipment first and stuff like that well the last part of being in the champions club is that they have to memorize the core covenants and core values and recite them to us and so again doing simple stuff like that you know um you're just driving your 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 culture and um you're just um making them aware that this is what's important so before we even get to the lifting and you know before we even get to the 40 times and the the schemes and the x's and o's we stress this these things because we always say culture eats strategy for breakfast (laughs) Um, and so you can have the best we can you can have the best strategy you can have all the talent but if you don't have a great culture, if guys are selfish, if guys are in it for themselves, if guys don't care about their teammates, then those X's and O's and that talent, will, are, it's going to go to waste anyways. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, no, but you, that's, what, you, that's what we believe. You more than, you know, you more than answered it, uh, Masaki. And, and uh, I love it. I love just, uh, again, I'm picturing sort of... Um, you know, from the vision to to the values to the the core principles that you have, and just kind of seeing how everything fits together. That's no, it's it it sounds uh, like a powerful, powerful outline structure for sort of building that mm. culture. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, that uh, it's 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 funny. It's one of those areas, and I'm sure you've noticed. Um, uh, tends to get uh, in, in many many teams and many programs. It seems to get the least amount of attention. Um, yeah. But but as you all know, we're all people, right? We're all people, and we're, we're driven by emotions. We're driven by um, what inspires us and motivates us. Um, yeah. 
So, so take us now to uh, back into Bernstein. I think it's 2013, and uh, give us give the listeners an idea of um, Bernstein as a school and uh, and just kind of the backgrounds of the kids that you uh, are coaching. Yeah, so uh, it's a Title One school, um, which means. Um, about 80 percent uh gets reduced or free lunch so when you're a title one school um you 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 work with you know kids with low-income families um or from low-income families um it is 98 percent hispanic i think the school was at least when i was there um and uh yeah it's you know it's in hollywood but it's in east hollywood and East Hollywood is not very nice and, um, you know, very, very much, uh, you know, gang involved and, uh, drugs and alcohol is a huge thing. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, it it was, it was a tough area. A lot of kids coming from single homes, living with aunties, uh, living with, you know, grandparents, um, kids, you know, having to face deportations, not necessarily the kids, but their parents. So yeah, it, it was a tough place. And so how do you come in, how do you come in and, and develop, uh, relationships of, of trust and, and safety, uh, for these kids so that, so that they can, they can open up in a way, um, that you're going to be able to sort of get that, that full authenticity from them. Um, well, just, just being there, first of all, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy that, you know, again, type A, uh, so I don't like to miss work. Um, I just, you know, no matter what, I, I, I'm, I'm there. And, um, you know, I'll, uh, at that, at that time I was younger and, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't married. I'm still not married, but, um, you know, I'm not, I wasn't married. And so I was just totally devoted to that, those kids and, and, and what I was doing. So, you know, I was, I would teach and then I would coach football after school. And then in the winter I would, I would put on, you know, training for the track, mm-hmm. you know, for the upcoming track season. And then during track season, uh, I was obviously the track coach. And then in the summer you're getting ready for football. So I was there 24 seven. And so you being a con- you know, consistent, um, you know, figure in their life, uh, you know, you build, you build trust, but then, um, then to go further, you know, you just, you just love on them and, but, you know, hold them accountable and, um, you know, punish them if they need to, if they need it or deserve deserve it. Um, you know, just, just do whatever a good parent would do. And, and, and they, you know, they may hate you at that moment, but they, they respect you and they, they, you know, appreciate that, you know, after, after a while. And so that's, that's really what I, what, what I did to earn, earn their trust. And and so in that in that 2013 season, and this is really what the the ESPN story sort of focused on was um, was the letters. And so tell us tell tell everyone what uh, what the idea was that you had, and um, just sort of the inspiration behind that. Okay, so. Um I always say, um, and if a coach doesn't believe this, they're they're fools. Um, if you, you want to be a great coach, you got to be a great thief because you got to be able to steal things from other coaches. Um, and you know, so I'm, I, 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 you know, I will be the first one to admit a lot of the things we do um, and that I do. You know, I didn't come up with it. You know, I'm not a genius, but I do go speak to many coaches who have been successful and steal ideas. Um, So 2012, after we finished that first season um, as me being the head coach, um, 
you know, I made it a goal as a head coach. I was going to always go visit three coaches in the off season, you know, and, and just, you know, you, you know who the successful ones are, whether it's college, high schools, and, and I'm going to email them and meet with them. And so the one I ended up meeting with that off season, um, it was uh, Tom Boehner from Bothell High School um, around the Seattle area because I was home for Christmas mm-hmm. um, visiting my mom. And so I, you know, emailed him and he was, you know, more than willing to meet. And so um, we met for about three hours and he had told me about an, uh, a, a thing that he does, which is basically, again, um, you know, they go on this uh, retreat before, before the season and then they, uh, you know, ask their parents um ask the parents to write a letter and then the kids open it at the retreat and then they read it well i thought it was genius and then as i thought more about it um i was like man this would be really great for our kids because um bothell is a pretty affluent area um you know and so they have a lot of parent support and you know um they have you know their parents are pretty involved right Um, but our kids it's the opposite you know and you know a lot of moms are working three jobs uh um you know, it's, it's a it's probably a hostile environment at home. A lot of them, yeah, some come from hostile homes, or you know, even if they have good parents, um, you know, a lot of parents don't know how to express themselves, you know, verbally and or physically. And so, I was like, okay, well, this would give them a chance to express themselves, you know. Um, and it's you know they're writing it, so they don't have to necessarily say it. You know, if if they, if that is the case, you know, if they if they're not good with words. Um, so uh that you know i i i i I was sold on this idea and so that summer um i um, typed a letter to all the parents um typed a letter to the parents asking them to do this and and why and why i thought it was important um and i thought that you know why i thought this would help them succeed and then i also asked my uh one of the spanish teachers at the school to um you know type one in spanish and um what i did was i sealed that sealed each letter in an envelope with another blank sheet of paper in there so they can write it on that and um gave it to all the kids asked the kids not to open it um just to give it straight to their parents or aunt or whoever they lived with and then i gave them a deadline to bring it back by and then you know, luckily they all did. And, um, and, uh, so I kept the letters for about a week or so. And then, um, when, after one of the summer workouts, uh, we usually would hit the field instead of hitting the field, uh, I took them to the gym and, um, I gathered them together and I said, Hey guys, remember the envelope that you brought me back? Well, it was a. I asked all your parents to write a letter for you, expressing why they love you and how much they love you. Hmm. Um, and so, what I want you to do for the next twenty minutes is find a quiet place in the anywhere in the gym. I want you to be by yourself. I don't want you know. I don't want any distractions. Um, and I want you to read the letter. And so I handed the letters back one by one. They spread out. Uh, you know, first five minutes, uh, you could hear kids sobbing, crying, um, wiping tears. And, um, it was, it was a powerful moment. And then, and, um, about 15 minutes later, um, I, when they were finished, um, I, uh, called them back together to the bleachers and just, you know, uh, I made it a teaching moment. I, I just said, Hey, you know, I hope you know that you guys are loved. You guys are cared for. Um, even if you don't feel like it at sometimes, you know, you are, and this is proof, but I also want you to understand that you, you are loved here as well by your football, you know, family, but 
by your coaches by your teammates and so you know and that they don't have to be afraid of you know of succeeding you know um and then i just and then after that i just asked you know and i said hey and players if you want to come up and share what's on your heart um you know i here's an open mic basically and yeah. then um and then so i started by sharing and just said hey i love you guys i'm here every day you know making pretty much nothing <laughs> um, <laughs> because i love because because i love you guys and i care about you guys and i know care about what kind of people you're going to become and so and then i shared that and then and then one by one just kids came up and you know expressed you know how much they loved them and how much this team meant to them um how he didn't you know one kid he said i didn't know my father loved me like until this letter um uh another kid came up and said you know i would uh Every day, my mom would. When my mom was coming home from work, I would sit on the front porch and wait for her because I didn't want her to not come back like my dad never did. Mm. You know, stuff like that it was just powerful. And uh, yeah, and one by one they shared, and I, you know, I had to stop them because it was just going forever. So I just said, <laughs> "Hey, you know, this is the last one." And then, yeah, after that, I don't know. Uh, just the, the team got closer, and um, you know, because I always, I always say how like you, you can't. You can't get close to someone until you know their pain, you know, mm. and um, that's what that's what it did. And you know, everyone was transparent; they were vulnerable, and it, it brought them together. And then, um, and we, yeah, so the next two seasons, um, you know, pretty much the same kids. Uh, we we had we had two great successful years, um, you know. And I'm not saying that was the reason, but it was definitely part of it i think because kids played for each other because they loved each other because they knew what they had gone through right right yeah to have that that empathy and that understanding uh yeah you talked about vulnerability that 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 uh, safety to be vulnerable with uh uh, with a group of uh, peers and friends, um, in the ESPN story, yeah. you said that's that's when they really started playing for each other. Uh, what what, yeah. what did you see, sort of, kind of right away that you that you saw that that there was something different that you could tangibly see that there was something different? Uh, I, I just saw them. You know, they were closer. Um, they, you know, they they told me. You know, hey, like I, we started going out to eat together more, and you know, as teammates, and you know, um, I just all I do now is hang, just hang out with the football guys, and you know, so those type type of thing, type of things. But you know, kids became more committed, and um, you know, they they were more consistent, and um, you know, if things were getting out of line or whatever you know a kid would speak up and say hey man you know like we're family you know don't don't forget you know who we are and we got to do stop doing these stupid things and you know so it, you could just tell that you know um people just they, they the kids just cared more about what they're doing now and 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 again like the, their teammates and the, and, the, and the team as a whole yeah, and you guys went on to have the the most successful season as a school. Uh, you were named Coach of the Year, which was awesome. Congratulations! Um, Thank you. And then you guys had another great season again that uh, that 2014 season. And then you had to do, which I can only imagine was one of the toughest things you've ever had to do, which was um, that the decision to to go back to Seattle. What 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 was that sort of experience like for you, having to talk to those young men? Oh, it 
was, it was I, I mean, I think I, it said it in the show, um, but, you know, it was re- literally the hardest day of my life. Um, you know, I, I, uh, it was, it was tough just leaving, leaving those guys. And I, I, I don't know if you remember, but one kid walked out, yeah. um, when I was telling, you know, because he was a, he was an all in guy. He, he yeah. believed in everything that we taught them and taught him and everything we were doing. And he was a junior. So he, you know, he was hurt that he, we were going to leave him his senior year. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was very difficult, you know, and, um, but I always, you know, uh, I always heard from my mentor again, where I, I uh, you know, started coaching at Cathedral, the head coach always said, you know, you, you can't base your decision on kids because, you know, if, if a, there's a great freshman and he leaves, there's going to be another great freshman, <laughs> you know, um, that comes in and you yeah. get attached to. So at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you and, you know, and your family. And, um, so I, I just, I kept that in mind, you know, um, even though I knew I was hurting them and leaving them, um, I knew I had to do what's best, you know, for, for my mom and, um, for, for, for our future. With uh, with technology and, and social media, uh, uh, how many of these guys are you still in contact with on a regular basis? Quite a bit. So you know, I'm very grateful for social media. You know, Instagram and um, Facebook, and you know, even emails um, I, and texts. Um, I, I get a lot of them. Um, you know, a lot of them comment on on you know my posts or pictures or whatever. Um, and so you know, what's what's been great and and probably the most rewarding thing are um, are the email is are the emails and messages I get now. You know, from kids. Yeah. Not not necessarily you know um, recent, but maybe four or five years ago, because now they're actually men and they understand the things we were trying to teach them, and um, they you know a lot of them have messaged me and said, Coach, I, I had no idea what you were doing, but uh, now I understand. You know. Now I understand with a kid uh, what you're talking about. Or now that I have a full-time job, I, I realize, you know, why you punished me when I was late. <laughs> you know, um, those, those have been so amazing. And that, that's what that's what's helped me here as well. Because, you know, back then I was so impatient and I was young. Um, I was like, well, I've had this kid for four years. Why why is he still doing stupid things? Right. Um, but now I realize you're just planting the seed, yeah. and you may not you you may not see it grow, but you know you may it may grow ten years down the road. But now I just, I have peace that I'm just planting, and I don't necessarily have to see the fruit. Um, I just gotta you know have faith and trust that that it will bear sometime. But um, I all I can do and worry about is just planting, 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 and so that's kind of given me peace when you know I get fresh air with a kid man i've been working with this kid for two years he's still doing the same stuff yeah <laughs> um, you know hope but um just those emails have reminded me hey i may not hear about his change you know till five ten years down the road yeah when you when you look at two or three or even four years of a, a window of a, of a young person's life right it, it just uh it's a small it's a small window of time when you when, when you see the impact that you have on them sort of years down the road so, yeah. so, so being in Seattle now, um, uh, how are you different, uh, uh, as a coach, if, if at all, I am a lot more 
patient. Um, I am getting better at explaining them the why, not the what. Yeah. Um, and, and, and finding teachable moments. Um, you know, and I, I think I posted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Um, so here's an example. You know, I said, uh, I, I, I gave a scenario on Twitter. I said, a kid comes to practice late. And then I put, A, a bad coach won't do anything, right? He'll just let him get away with it. Mm-hmm. B, B, a good coach will punish him. And then C, a great coach will punish him and explain to him why it's bad to be late. Yeah. And I'm getting better at that C part. Um, <laughs> before, before, I would just you know punish them or yell at them. Um, you know, because I'm still going to hold them accountable, but I wouldn't explain to them why it was, you know, what they did was wrong or how it was going to hurt them in the future. And so um, now I'm, you know, I approach kids more patiently and calmly and explain to them, hey, you know, you, you, you got to do these bear crawls. Um, but it's because you, if you if you show up like this to work, you're going to be fired, you know, so um I, I'm better at, at about doing that, but I think the you know again with that comes or with that you you, you can't really do that if you don't have the patience you know because if you don't have the patience you're just gonna go yell at them. But so um, me being older, um, I'm a little more wise and you know I'm a little more patient, so I am able to go approach them in a calm way um, and 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 let them know why what they did was wrong and how. That could that that's gonna hurt them, and I think kids appreciate that way more now. You know, um, they you know it's 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 done wonders. I think, and these are different kids, and so if I would approach these kids like I did at Bernstein, a lot of them, uh, I don't know, it would have it would have been ugly. Um, so you know, I <laughs> um, it, the the timing was uh, good <laughs> for, for 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 my maturity, I guess. Yes, right. Well, you said it here in the podcast, and you also said it uh, in the ESPN video uh, when you you tell the young men, love means you can depend on me. That's the biggest thing I want to model for you guys, to be dependable. Has that mission changed at all, or uh, is is, is that still what, what gets you out of bed to coach every morning? Yeah, that's... No, that's 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 why you know love is our first core covenant. Um, because, in my opinion, um, everything that everything good um, stems from love. You know, if you truly love that person, then you're gonna make the choice to sacrifice, and you're gonna make the choice to, you know, um, give up yourself and do good things and and be committed. And so. Um, I, I, again, I, that's the number one thing that drives my life. And, you know, a lot of obviously big, the, the big reasons for my faith. Um, but yeah, I, I believe everything stems from, you can't, you know, I, we always tell the kids like, okay, we want, we want you kids to keep each other accountable. Well, they're not going to do that if they don't love each other, you know, right, um, right. you know, we want you to be committed to each other. Well, you're not going to do that if you don't love each other. Um, we want you to get good grades so you you know you don't let your teammates down um, well they're not going to do that if they don't love each other so um, love is still you know our cornerstone I, I think that's a good word for our program and for why why what I do 
Well, I can't think of a better a better value to, to have a program built on, uh, Masaki. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for taking this time, and I know it's valuable time. And and uh, if, if people want to follow you online or, or get in touch with you, uh, what, what's the best way? Um, I guess uh, Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, hold on here. I don't, I don't even know my hand. You know what? I will. I, I will. Uh, I'll include the link uh, in the uh, in the oh, description. It's uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's Coach Matsumoto. Okay. Okay. It's and, pretty simple. And yeah. I will. And I will include that link uh, uh, just in case. Anyways. Uh, well, Masaki, again, okay. thank, thanks so much. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a reason to get to Seattle just so I can come and watch you guys and meet you in person. So we'll see what I can do about that. Yeah. Uh, if, if yeah, if you uh, figure it out, let me know. I will. But thanks so much uh, for coming on the the weekly yap and and sharing your inspiration. Such an amazing story. Uh, but but clearly uh, that was not a one season thing. Uh, it is in sort of how you do what you do. So so thanks again for being that example. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you having me. It's an honor. Fixing up a car, driving it again, searching for the water.